If you are new to this program, this is Mike McCurry Live. It's a long-form, conversational-style interview podcast. I hope this program, this podcast, is as much of a blessing to you as it is to me. If you have any questions, comments, or critiques, let me know on social media at Mike McCurry or drop a line on my website, MikeMcCurry.com. That's M-I-C-A-H-M-C-C-U-R-R-Y. Now, I hope you enjoy and God bless. Three, two, one. I believe we are live with Miss Jennifer Ruth Green of Mission Arrow of City Outreach Foundation. Um, she's basically a spy. We're going to get into that in just a little bit. It's pretty awesome. But I, first of all, I want to thank everyone that tunes in. Appreciate um, you supporting it a little bit. This is honestly, I enjoy doing what we're doing here. Um, if you get nothing out of it, that's okay. But I am live with Miss Jennifer Ruth Green. I'm going to put her up on camera here so you can actually see who we're talking about. And uh, we're on a split screen right now, uh, Miss Green. And uh, so long story short, I'm going to let you do a little short introduction. I'm not even going to read your um, bio. I'll, I'll let you I'll let you do that. But tell us just a you know, 15 seconds, 30 seconds, who you are, what you're doing. Sure. Hey, Micah, good to see you. Uh, mm -hmm. My name is Jennifer Ruth Green, and I know Micah from Golden State Baptist College. Graduated from there in 2013, and uh, I'm currently serving at First Baptist Church of Hammond with our Benevolent Ministries Outreach called City Outreach Foundation, and I'm the founder and director of the Missionero Pipeline. So awesome. that's where I am now. Fantastic. Well, there you go. That was 15 seconds. That was like perfect, right? So my name is Mike McCurry. And I have the privilege of being the associate pastor of the First Baptist Church of Kenmore in uh, Akron, Ohio. And we're here talking to Miss Green about um, the ministry she gets to be a part of and the, her origin story, kind of where she came from. And as, as she mentioned, we got to meet um, at Golden State Baptist College under the leadership of Pastor Jack Treber in Santa Clara, California, North Valley Baptist Church. And I will say this, Miss Green, I, I was telling my wife earlier, one of the things that I... For, that I first noticed about you was you, you reminded me of my of my dad and a lot of his colleagues because my dad was in the military and you, you just the way you carried yourself you were obviously very you know, just mature um, just professional I wouldn't I wouldn't use the word somber or serious or even serious because I, I, I saw you having fun a lot but just the way you carried yourself was always very impressive because it harkened back to you know walking the halls of my dad's offices in the military and just the professionalism that the people carried themselves with and so that always impressed me and uh, hearing and just you know, watch kind of on Facebook from afar uh, some of your travels and things like that um, a small bit of your bio I don't think you mentioned that you have visited all seven continents. And so we will talk about that a little bit. But sure. you are um, now with uh, First Baptist Hammond, um, working with the Mission Arrow Pipeline City Outreach Foundation. And before we get into that stuff, the ministry and where you're at, if we could go back, if this was a comic book and we were going to go back to Jennifer Ruth Green, origin story, comic book <laughs> number one, where would we find you? Where would you be at? At that time, who are your parents? Where'd you come from? If you want to go even farther back, grandparents and all that, great. But where'd you come from? So my mom and dad, my dad's from Jersey, and uh, my mom was born and raised in the Philippines, Paul and Vivian Green. And so my dad was in the Air Force. And while in his travels on the way to Vietnam, he was stationed in the Philippines and met my mom. 
and then he went and served in Vietnam. My mom came from the Philippines to the United States. Uh, and then shortly thereafter, after my dad's return, uh, they got married. And so that was in 1969. And then, um, they had six kids, and so I'm the baby of six. I have an older brother. My oldest brother is Paul, and I have a brother named Thor, Hector, Jeremy, my sister Jubilee, and then there's me. So um, I was born in Long Beach, and uh, when I was four years old, the Air Force moved my dad to Sacramento, and that's where I spent the majority of my formative years before heading off into college and the ministry. Awesome. So, so how did, obviously, so you had dad in the military, so that kind of uh, probably left an imprint on you. What, at what age did you say military's for me? You had mentioned you got, you got saved at a Christian camp. Where, where was that? How old were you? You might have said, I apologize if you said, but how old were you then? And at what point did you decide this is God's will for me? Or maybe it was before you were thinking God's will. How did that come about? Sure. So when I was uh, nine years old, I went to a Christian camp called Wolf Mountain Christian Camp in Grass Valley. And it was there that my camp counselor, her name was Andy Ormond. She led me to the Lord. And so I trusted Christ then. Uh, and then when I was at a church called Faith Baptist Tabernacle in North Highlands, California, Pastor Mike Rogers, um, while serving under his leadership, we had a really outstanding youth group. And so Mark Maxwell, Ali Maxwell, um, they led our youth group and, um, while there just got rooted and grounded in the word of the Lord. And, um, when I graduated high school, it was a, a little bit of a conflict, a little bit of a conflict. I knew that I wanted to go into the military, but, um, the thought for Bible college was there just the maturing and obviously the growth you would get. So, um, uh, in high school though, um, there was the junior ROTC program. We had an air force program at our high school. And my sister participated in it. And like you mentioned, my dad was in the Air Force. My grandfather was in the Air Force. And so I wanted to do something with the military. And I knew I wanted to use languages and travel. So when we were younger, uh, my mom and my dad, they wanted us to study languages. So my dad uh, studied Russian. My mom speaks Tagalog because she's from the Philippines. Uh, but they didn't find a Russian school in the Sacramento area. Um, so they sent us actually to Japanese school. So every Saturday from second grade to 10th grade for three hours, we would study Japanese language, culture, reading, writing. Um, and then uh, in high school, I studied French. Uh, and so I said, hey, I know I want to do something with languages. And so then when I was a freshman in high school in our junior ROTC program, uh, we had two influential instructors Colonel Fraser Fortner and Chief Philip Cameron. Uh, and so Colonel Fortner and Chief Cameron, they kind of talked to us about the different avenues of commissioning. And one of them was the Air Force Academy. So I thought, you know what, that's that's something that I think I would be interested in. So um, I decided in high school that that was going to be something I wanted to do. And eventually, long story short, I ended up getting accepted. I went to the prep school first for a year and then graduated from the Air Force Academy in 2005. Um, but while there, um, I knew I wanted to do something with languages. So I minored in Japanese. And the goal in 2005, uh, when I graduated and commissioned as a lieutenant, uh, Condoleezza Rice had just become the first black female secretary of state. And I said, hey, that's what I want to do. Uh, so that was goal setting right there. But um, uh, I realized um, 
after a couple of years in the Air Force that God kind of was redirecting my path. And and um, the Secretary of State is basically the chief ambassador, if you will. And an ambassador is a, is a liaison between two sovereigns. And so basically, I, I, I just share that God called me to be an ambassador for the King of Kings uh, when he took my path to ministry. And so, um, yeah, it's been an amazing time and um, it's how I got saved and kind of where I came from. Um, but uh, with, with our youth group, we just got rooted and grounded. And a lot of my, uh, I don't know, yeah, just the, the, the young people in our youth group, there were probably, we come from a church of about 120, 150. And um, we have missionaries, we have evangelists, we have Christian school teachers, we have um, pastors' wives, we have pastors, uh, just the gamut. And that age group just kind of grew in the Lord under, you know, the Maxwell's leadership. And so um, it, it was just been a blessing, you know, and something that I often refer back to when I process kind of the, the, the work that I'm doing, just the rooting and grounding from my time at Faith Baptist. That's awesome. You kind of just brought it up, but the... Uh, the childhood and, and I get probably more teenage years, I, I would say, I, I would guess, but being, as you said, rooted and grounded in truth and that carrying through train up and child in the way you should go. That's, that's so awesome. Now. So that brings you kind of to where you are now. And it's awesome to see you being sensitive to the Lord's leading, going to military as you feel that that's God's will. And then deciding to get out um, and all well, well, being so in the Air National Guard. Correct. So what, what, what kind of I, most people might know, but um, what kind of responsibilities does that require from you um, on, on the day to day or week, month to month basis for you? Sure. So with the Guard, uh, we're just like the reserves, but we belong to the governor. Uh, It's kind of the state's militia. And um, we work one week in a month, two weeks a year. And that's our minimal commitment. Um, But there are are always opportunities to kind of pitch in and serve and and wear the uniform and kind of just do some duties, extra duties, additional duties, things like that. So it's a really amazing opportunity. And, and as a Christian, um, I know sometimes people often ask, is it, is it doable as a Christian in the military and things like that? And hundred percent. Yes. Um, and I glean a lot of the, the training as far as leadership goes and as far as just organization and things like that, uh, from the military and I can bring it back to the ministry. And so just multifaceted help across so many areas. Um, but yeah, it's a big blessing. Awesome. Yeah. And, uh, of the, all the um, bureaucracies under the government, all the parts, military probably functions the best out of all of them. So as you uh, some of the organizational things you learn, and obviously my, my dad um, just fantastic. On, you know, he, he's a special character as far as organization goes and all that stuff. Uh, You're there but, as a colonel, right? Yeah, he, he retired as a full bird colonel. Yeah. Very nice. So, wow. Yeah. And so um, so that's kind of what you have going on on the, on the military side. And that's to some degree how you got here. And uh, I'm sure we could delve into that a little bit. I, I'm incredibly impressed with the amount of uh, discipline it takes to take that much of your Saturday to, to go <laughs> learn Japanese and all that stuff. Um, now, so how much how much Japanese do you speak now? Uh, well, I'm actually going to Japan uh, in a couple months for a couple weeks. And so I feel like I can be conversational and be okay. Um, a lot has been forgotten. Sorry, Sensei. Uh, but I feel like uh, I could do okay. 
Awesome. Awesome. Now, any other languages? Um, how, did you get into Russian at all or, or Arabic with, with the military? Anything like that? Well, I so I studied French in high school for four years uh, and then haven't picked it up since. But just reading it um, is um, it just comes back really easily. And uh, when I was in Long Beach, First Baptist Church in Long Beach with Pastor Wilkerson, um, I grew to love the Spanish people and the Spanish language. And so I just kind of picked that up by ear. And I've been to several Spanish speaking countries for missions trips and just vacations. And so I've grown to love it and kind of picked that up as well. So. Awesome. Awesome. Now, if you're just joining us, we have Miss Jennifer Ruth Green uh, with us. She is um, uh, with the Mission Arrow Pipeline there in uh, Hammond, Indiana. Um, she helps with the City Outreach Foundation, the benevolent arm uh, to some degree of First Baptist Church of Hammond under Pastor John Wilkerson. Uh, she is a um, Air Force veteran, uh, still in the Air National Guard. And so it's a privilege to have her with us. Now, you got your pilot's license in 2005. Did I read that? Recall that correctly. So how how much um, training went? Well, how much preparation went into that? Were you uh, in planes long, long before that with your dad, or how did that come to be? Sure. So I honestly had no inclination to fly huh. at all. I know Air Force Academy; they make pilots. That's what they do. Um, but I like I shared a little bit ago, I wanted to be an ambassador and then I wanted to be the secretary of state. That was my plan. And so I knew I wanted to do something with languages and travel the world. So I figured I would go the diplomatic route. I figured I would be a foreign area officer or something like that. Um, and so when I was a junior at the air force Academy, uh, two degree, we call it, we had a, a ceremony where we were celebrating the legacy of the Tuskegee airmen. Uh, and they were the first black military pilots and so Lieutenant Colonel Lee Archer, he was, uh, he was, uh, uh, in the 99th, you know, flying fighter squadron. Um, he had asked me a question. He was at the event and we were all as juniors getting ready to select or request our job opportunities. And so he, uh, came up to me and greeted me and it was very kind. And, uh, he just said, Hey, Cadet Green. He said, what are you, you know, what are you thinking about doing after graduation? And I said, I think I'm going to do intelligence, sir. And then he asked me, hey, are you pilot qualified? And I said, uh, yes, sir, because we all have to, to get eval regardless of what we decide to do. And um, and then he looks at me and he says, if you don't stand on our shoulders, who will? And it was probably one of the most convicting statements to date, you know, at that time for me. And so I just thought, wow, these people have sacrificed so much. They really... Uh, went through a lot to be able to earn the opportunity um, because it was only 1865 when slavery ended. And now here we are in 1940s when they're fighting the war. And now here they are getting, finally getting the opportunity to fight. Um, and so it wasn't that long ago that, you know, people were in bonds and chains. And so now they're functioning at a high level. They have the opportunity to serve as officers and be fighter escorts, excuse me, bomber escorts. And so I thought, man, they fought hard so that I could have the opportunity. And if someone's going to pay to train me, um, why not? So it was then that I decided to fly. And um, that my senior year, um, I found out that I had a pilot slot for the Air Force. Uh, and so we began training. Um, and it was actually a course I took. So from January to March of 2005, I went to the airfield every day and 
flew a small aircraft and did my, you know, written exams and did my practical exams and got my license. And it was just one step, you know, down the road. So it was an exciting time for me. That's very cool. The that's almost super convicting too on the spiritual side with the amount of people that I mean, you go back 2000 years, obviously, and beyond that, but the amount of blood that we shed to get us where we are. And sure. I thought if you're not, if you won't stand on our shoulders spiritually, you know, looking at the older men of God and all that stuff, that's, that's yeah. awesome. That, that's a great thought. Um, if you won't stand on our shoulders, who will? Um, fantastic. Now, have you been able to um, interact more? I, I know we're getting to a point where there's, there can't be many of them left due to um, just age and all that, all of that. Uh, I think it was maybe two or three years ago, the last World War One veteran died, if I'm not mistaken, uh, okay. hundred and like. 12 or years old or something. Um, but have you had a chance to interact with the Tuskegee Airmen or any, anybody of that caliber um, since then? Sure. So um, throughout college, we had we had those ceremonies where we got the chance to, to interact with them. Um, my dad was actually a chapter president in Sacramento of the Tuskegee Airmen for a few years. And so there were several in the Sacramento area. Um, and then uh, one of my classmates, uh, he's a lieutenant colonel, Kenyatta Ruffin. Um, obviously no endorsement for any of this by the U.S. Air Force or the DOD, but Colonel Ruffin, uh, he is, he started a nonprofit called Legacy Flight Academy. And the purpose is to, to know and grow and live the legacy of the Tuskegee Airmen. So he introduces uh, young black, um, young black youth, I guess it's kind of repetitive, but black youth, to aviation. And so by providing airplane rides, by presenting the the opportunity to meet a Tuskegee Airman if there's one in the local area. Uh, and so the, the goal is to continue to press on. And so Mission Aero Pipeline Legacy Flight Academy, we're actually combining together to kind of run a youth event in April where we'll fly 150 young people um, and then share with them about the legacy of the Tuskegee Airmen. That's um, it is. It, it's, it's amazing. Um, and another thought, just to, 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 to process for us, um, Colonel Archer is the, um, is the one who inspired me to fly and encouraged me to fly. Um, and the Bible also says in, in uh, Psalm 139, verses 3 and 4, it talks about how children are, uh, as an, an arrow in the archer's quiver, basically, loose paraphrase. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the purpose or goal of an archer is to prepare the arrow to make an impact where it lands. And so when calculations or perhaps it's just going into a, a, a target for target practice, or maybe it's going into an, an enemy, but regardless, it, the archer has to assess how that arrow flies, how to pitch it, what, what angle to pitch it at, all those things to make sure that it can make an impact where it lands. Uh, and so our goal with um, as part of the Missionary Pipeline, we're kind of an, an we're in uh, City Baptist schools, and because of that, um, we're kind of in a uh, just a straight pipeline to to missionary aviation. But we want to be able to take the opportunity to help other young people and introduce the concept of of aviation, aerospace, science, technology, engineering, math. Uh, and so we we've developed just recently our outreach ministries, and we're calling that. Um, the the Archer Ministry, and so the purpose is kind of an homage to Colonel Archer, but also um, we want to propel our young people to make an impact where they land uh, spiritually, um, and so where they land in life, where they land for the Lord, and so we're we're 
we're developing the Archer Academy series, and that includes Archer Camp. Um, it includes other outreach events, but we're not letting the legacy die. So it's a great part. No. Um, just so for people to wrap their heads around, no pun intended, give us the bird's eye view um, of what the City Outreach Foundation, uh, maybe maybe just touch on, I think you said five different ministries, maybe touch on what each of them do. If, they, if you can kind of zone in on the Mission Arrow Pipeline and nuts and bolts, what it means in the classroom, um, out, you know, extracurricular activities, things like that, a bird's eye view, and then zoom in if you would. Sure thing. So the City Outreach Foundation, like you already mentioned, was uh, is the benevolent arm of First Baptist Church of Hammond. So it's a nonprofit 501c3, and I have the privilege to serve as the community liaison, and that involves just kind of uh, making sure that people are aware of what we do, helping the community to understand, and also give them opportunities to interact with us. And so the five ministries include City Baptist Schools, which is a K through 12 school that was started for our bus ministry young people. Uh, Brother Hiles felt like, hey, we we train them, we pick them up on Sunday mornings from the Chicago area, bring them to Hammond. And uh, for reference, Chicago is about, you can be on the south side of Chicago from Hammond uh, if you go northwest for about 20 minutes, and then you can be across the city um, in about 45 minutes to an hour to the north side of the town. And so the bus ministry would take all these young people in and um, they didn't have the opportunity during the week to get solid Christian education. And so that's why City Baptist Schools was started and uh, primarily a ministry there. Then we have the Better Roads Recovery Ministry for Men and the Better Roads Recovery Ministry for Ladies. And uh, those are our addiction recovery homes, uh, six month in residence, $1,000 pays their entire tuition for those six months, all their room and board and food, things like that. Um, But we just have the opportunity to help people uh, just restore relationships, restore broken lives, um, understand the grace of God and just see it applied. Uh, so we really get to see lives changed. And uh, we have people that work incredibly hard in those ministries to help those people. Um, and then uh, the fourth ministry is the Hammond City Rescue Mission. So we run the only men's homeless shelter in Indiana, excuse me, in Hammond. And so um We've had a polar vortex recently in the Midwest, as you're aware, Uh, but it's been a great ministry to be able to bring people in from outside, out of the cold, uh, provide them with food and shelter and obviously uh, God's word. And so those are four ministries. And the fifth recently added last year was the Missionary Pipeline. And so that was kind of a burden on my heart um, that the Lord just started in me. Uh, back in 2015, uh, I went to actually to, to visit uh, Seth Lunday and his family in Brazil. And so um, I was there. Pastor Wilkerson was speaking at a conference. His wife was there. Pastor's mom was there. Um, and we got to see some of our great friends down there. And it was just a uh, an, an opportunity for the, the missionaries down in Brazil to kind of have a, a time away. It was their annual conference for all the missionaries in Brazil, but also a time of revival for the church. So we kind of were there for about 10 days or so. Um, and so while we were there, uh, some of my friends kind of mentioned, they said, Hey, Oh, you're a pilot. And I hadn't actually flown in 10 years um, because I took a, a hiatus transitioned out of flying um, it was a, it was a good decision for the Air Force at the time. Um, it just, um, I, it just was kind of a difficult path for me. And so I ended up washing out and, and transitioning to another, uh, another job we call it AFSC. And so 
anyways, 10 year hiatus. And I hadn't really touched planes a lot in that, in the meantime, probably about 10, 15 hours or so. And so, um, I wasn't really confident, but, uh, that was just something that they had known about me. So they said, Hey, uh, we are trying to do a new work and we're trying to reach the people in the Amazon. And so we have one plane and one pilot that are, that kind of help us as missionaries and they help all the missionaries in the region. So if that plane is down, it's a float plane. If that plane is down or that pilot's down, then we really don't have an opportunity to do anything. Um, so they said, you should get your license or you should, you should come over here and uh, take your license and use it. And so it's almost like a Macedonian call, but an Amazonian call. Yeah. Come over here and help us. So, uh, so I was just kind of on the way back. I was talking to Pastor Wilkerson and I said, Hey, sir, I haven't flown in a while. And I said, I feel like the topic of being a pilot just kind of opens doors in conversations and talking about the military and, and just as a door perhaps for soul, things like that. But really, I just don't have a practical use. Um, and pastor said, you know, I think you should continue to pursue it because it may be something that the Lord would use. Um, and now <laughs> such prophetic words, right? Uh, so that was in 2015. Um, and so to kind of uh, shorten up a little bit in 2017, started working uh, towards um, figuring out a way to kind of develop and serve missionaries through aviation. So that's the that's the vision of the missionary pipeline to develop and serve missionaries through aviation. Um, but our mission statement is to professional to professionalize youth for post secondary uh, for post secondary opportunities using aviation with an emphasis in missionary aviation. So that's what we desire to do, and our long term big picture is to develop and serve missionaries. Um, but we get to develop missions-minded leaders uh, that that have a skill set. Perhaps it's, it could be a tent-making ministry. Perhaps it's something that people could use to help a local church out. Or perhaps it could inspire them to just give or go to, to, to missions. Uh, and there are so many avenues, but it's a life-changing opportunity. Uh, and so our goal, ultimately is to be able to take a young person through uh, this training, starting from fifth grade through the pipeline, all the way through to earning their pilot their pilot's licenses in conjunction with their degrees and being debt-free and ready to go to the field. Uh, but missionary aviation or aviation period is an expensive, expensive um, undertaking. Um, but we desire to have sponsors and God has blessed incredibly and people have donated their time and uh, we work with great groups to to help meet that goal. Uh, there's so much more to the missionary pipeline, but that's kind of the, the nuts and bolts or the shell, if you will. Awesome. <laughs> I I try to keep well I, I I've only done you know two or three of these so far uh, I try to keep my editorial comments to a minimum because this is about you but uh, just a, a thought that, that I've been told before I I guess it just came to mind uh, so I'll share it but the thought that number one God can use your talents for His glory obviously but when you have desires and you have things that you'd like to do whatever they may be aviation sports you name it it's the sky is the limit. And again, I, that, that, that pun was completely unintended. I, I apologize for that one. That was bad. Um, but there's so many avenues for ways that God can use what you do well and what you're passionate about. 
and for for instance, my father in law, he loves football. I, I love football, and we mm-hmm. get to work with the Midwest Christian Boys football camp that we kind of talked about a couple months or yeah. so ago. And but you know, hundreds of young men saved, called to preach through a ministry that is called football camp. And it, obviously, it's not all about that. But you get to literally train people using your expertise, something you're passionate about, something that you love, something that's in your in your blood almost, and with your dad and in your in, in who you are with Tuskegee Airmen and, and all of that. Um, it's just so awesome to see God using that. And um, you know, people think uh, serving God's boring. Well, landing a float plane in the Amazon <laughs> doesn't sound very boring. Um, and I'm, I don't know if it's uh, crocodiles or alligators, which one they have down there. But regardless, it's not boring. And, and you're obviously a testament to that. But that, that's just that's so awesome. Now, what are uh, and, and maybe some of the things you, you, you'd rather leave unsaid instead of putting them out um, in in uh, out there. But what are some visions or dreams for what the missionary pipeline? And you mentioned that's not everything that, that doesn't encapsulate everything that it is already. So maybe expand a little bit on what it is. But what are, what are the goals and dreams for what it even could be with the foundation that you've been able to build in just a year? Sure. Uh, wow, we are incredibly blessed. And I I think I was just talking today about it with uh, one of my best friends, Adrian Ludwig. We were just kind of chatting about how God has blessed this program and just reflecting on what he's done in a year. And so um, what we do is we recognize that there are uh, less than 8% of people that desire innately to go into STEM fields. And so that statistic is on our website. Uh, and so we know that it's such a, a small percentage, but in reality, um, I think a lot of it has to do with exposure and making those different elements enjoyable. And so the aerospace industry sounds technical, um, but it, it it's, it's amazing. Like you said, we can do so much through it. Um, there are engineers that are work for a chocolate co- company called Blommer's Chocolate Company, and they engineer uh, the the food uh, specifically how it works together, and then people taste it, and they are required to just kind of make the mixtures that make the most pleasing type of chocolate in a different country, in a different region, and different areas have different taste buds and you you know you'll notice coca-cola tastes different in different countries for specific reasons but these food engineers um it's a, it's a very interesting thing that few people know about and so we can have the opportunity to expose young people to, to these kinds of different things just to make it fun but so what we do is we start in fifth grade and we take our young people and they have a 25 hour uh course in science technology engineering and math so they have that stem opportunity. Uh, And then we'll throw aerospace in there with kind of a question and answer period, uh, or perhaps we'll do some pilot exercises with them just to kind of teach them. Maybe it's geography lesson, something interactive during their fifth grade year. But we have a partner called Starbase and they will take them for a week, go through different experiments. Um, And one of the things that I like to talk about is uh, that they do, they'll take an experiment called Egbert and they have kind of a little zip line that they have going down their classroom and they'll they'll give um, our young people, they'll give you an egg and non hard boiled egg and you have the opportunity to spend, let's say, a thousand dollars in their store. And you might be able to buy cardboard and that may be 500. You might be able to buy a little bit of cotton and that may be, you know, another couple hundred or whatever it is. But you have to buy a string to be able to to put it on the zip line. And and so they they 
build this crate for Egbert um, and then float him down the zip line and hopefully he doesn't crack. Um, but they learn different skills. They learn about program management. They learn that they have to budget their funds. They learn that they uh, that that building something to, to, to make sure that something doesn't break you can use that illustration for building a, a race car or for building a cockpit. Uh, and so they learn those types of things in a, in a way that is uh, fun for them and kind of whets their appetite. So then uh, from fifth grade through graduating eighth grade, they have the opportunity to go to summer camps with Starbase. And um, when they hit 14 years old, they can start going to flight camp. And so that's a, a camp specifically for young men to introduce them to uh, missionary aviation and, you know, uh, the mechanics, um, airframe and power plant side. And so they can do that with our other partner wings as Eagles. Um, but in, at 14, when they get into ninth grade, ninth through 12th, that's where they're in a specific curriculum with, with me. And, uh, we have another teacher, right? Miss Rachel Updike. And, um, we have members of our staff, Mrs. Megan Schmidt, Miss Princess of Altazar. Uh, and so we have, uh, air, aviation character career and missions and we developed the curriculum uh for four years that would take a freshman all all the way through those different elements uh things that they would need so aviation the goal is to help them understand and be able to pass their private pilot's license exam character it's how to obtain and maintain suitable employment so we talk about what is suitable employment how do you get a job uh, what is uh, uh, how do you keep a job? So we talk about responsibility, showing up on time, communicating with your boss, what the different types of, of clothing are. So if you're going to a formal event as opposed to business casual or how to act in, in an interview. Um, and then we have character and that's um, how to how to make uh, and keep friends. And so we talk just about modeling and mentoring in your behavior. And so we reference things like standing up when you're shaking someone's hand or uh, making sure that if you're sitting and a woman needs a seat, then you would offer that seat. Um, etiquette is something we'll go over, which fork to use when. And so just how to conduct yourself as a person, that's the character portion. And then missions. Um, we talk obviously about how aviation falls into missions and how it can be used to supplement the work of the Lord. And we believe exactly that. Uh, all of us are called to share the gospel. And foundationally, we want to always make sure that we maintain the fact that our, our goal as missionary aviators is to be a missionary first. So we share the gospel in the same way that somebody who is a musician goes to the field. Uh, if they're not soul winning, it doesn't matter how much they play the piano or how well they sing, um, they're not doing the work that they're supposed to do. And so aviation is an augment to the ministry, uh, but first and foremost, we need to be soul winners. So we talk about God's worldwide call to missions. We just did a lecture on globalization and the fact that the world is so small because of technology, because of perhaps for America, our military presence on different bases. And so America has a broad influence, but it's not always something that you that that people are going to have an, a positive uh, response to. And so we have to understand that. So knowing our history, knowing our decision making as a country, uh, how do we how does that play into where we want to go? And um, we talked a little bit about how. Sometimes people think just as missionaries, you could just walk into a country and say, hey, we're going to give you food. We're going to give you clothes. We're going to give you this. And that may work in, in certain avenues. Um, however, 
if you're called to to more modernized countries, um, those those things aren't always going to work. So how do you how what does that mean for you? How can you have a, a, a regular discussion about things? Um, so we want to create a well-rounded person and help them to understand. Sure, read up on history, but read up on their history. Read up on sports that I mean. Read up on rugby, read up on soccer if God's called you to Europe and things like that. So just we just want to make sure that we develop a passion for missions, God's call, obviously, to missions. We ex- explain that, explore that. And um, throughout the curriculum um, at the high school level, we have several guest speakers and several events. So guest speakers will Skype them in, um, we'll bring them into the classroom and they'll talk about their areas of expertise. Um, we're excited soon. Our FBMI director, Dr. Mark Bushy, well-respected man, very much appreciate him. He'll, um, he'll come and talk to their students. Uh, when, when missionaries come from missions conference, uh, we'll bring them in. And then different events that they have. So we we already talked about the Archer Academy series. All of our missionaries can go to the Archer Academy series events. Um, but we'll also have, for example, um, we have this event where we're calling it Full Steam Ahead. And we'll invite aerospace companies, STEM companies. They'll come. Uh, we have uh, military support. They're bringing air, aircraft, um, the Mighty A-10, uh, and uh, perhaps some helicopter support from our Army counterparts. Um, and they'll have the opportunity to interact with Air Force pilots and charter pilots and flight attendants and um, scientists and mathematicians and just different people from different areas. And the young people can kind of get to see what this looks like. Uh, so we have, actually have, of course, the curriculum in class. Um, and so our goal is to kind of just expose them to all these different avenues, prepare them, professionalize them, get them ready for, like we said, wherever, wherever they land. Um, so we have uh, phase one, which was fifth through entering ninth, phase two, which is ninth through twelfth. And then the final phase is phase three. And that's where they're attending college. And in the summer, that's where they do their flight training. Uh, so our partner, uh, Wings as Eagles, is in, uh, it's a missionary uh, aviation service in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And so if someone feels led to the mission field and they attend a Bible college, uh, then the opportunity for them in the summer is to, um, to work as an intern um, and serve at the church there, Wildwood Baptist Church, and uh, earn their flight time, and then also take missions trips with missionary aviation opportunities, uh, and then get the training that they need um, in order to progress, and then go back, you know, during the school year to college. So that's kind of the pipeline, and um, I know you asked big picture goals. What do I picture this program looks like perhaps five, ten years from now? I would, I would, I would say that my prayer is foundationally we are still the same, unadulterated by pursuits of perhaps going towards more humanitarian efforts. Um, not that those are wrong in and of themselves; they're very good. Um, but the call to be a pastor or help a church or help a pastor is, I believe, the call of the Christian. And so. Um, church planting primarily for the use of aviation. And then also uh, we're excited if any of our young people go out into any industry, but they're missions minded young people. I would just love people to, to be missions minded around the world and increase the work of missions uh, because I believe the time is short. So I don't have statistics. I don't have numbers, but I just want to maintain an unadulterated 
God-pleasing program where the numbers will come if they come, but regardless, we are keeping the main thing, the main thing, and that is making sure that we fulfill the Great Commission um, uprightly and honorably. Awesome. Awesome. Now, there's obviously a lot to unpack there. Um, I, 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 I love the fact that, number one, you're obviously passionate about it. And the fact that you 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 have a knowledge about it and, and a um, an excitement about it because what's the point of doing something you're not excited about? And that kind of echoes back to what I was talking about. What you're excited about and what you love to talk about. And I'm speaking to everyone that's listening. God can use that thing, um, and so that's awesome. Now, um, to kind of segue, and because you you kind of brought it up in our discussions as we uh, were talking uh, about this, um, and w- not a question that I w- this isn't a question that I would probably nor- normally ask, but you mentioned um, the joy or the fact that you can enjoy being single and serving in ministry. And for folks out there, and I, I know some folks, both male and female, that you know. Got to went to Bible college, expected to get married coming right out of Bible college, didn't happen for them, and they're kind of like, "What do I do now?" And obviously, you're enjoying what you're doing, you're loving what you're doing, you're serving God, you believe you're in the center of God's will. But what were what are some thoughts you would give to if you were talking to a roommate in Bible college back in the day about the fact that they don't have a boyfriend yet, they don't have sure. a girlfriend yet? How, <laughs> how how would you address that with somebody, seeing that you are not only professionally successful, but spiritually successful. You're at a point in your life where you are happy with where God has you. How would you address that? You're so kind. Uh, I really appreciate it. I appreciate the question. Um, I feel like oftentimes we hear, you know, singleness is a gift and, and sometimes catchphrases that can kind of be discouraging um, because it doesn't seem like a gift all the time. Um, but honestly, the way that I, I look at um, our opportunities in life Um, Pastor Wilkerson often says that in the Garden of Eden, God gave Adam a job and then he gave him a family. He gave him a responsibility and then he gave him a help me. And so I believe that I have the opportunity to do what God has called me to do. And at the moment where I can be a help me to someone and I can help them help him do exactly what he's called to do, then God will make that happen. And so if if I am more available to God now to forge this program and if I'm more focused on what God would have me do now um, and he knows me and it would be a distraction or he knows me and and perhaps the person that I'm intended to be a helpmeet for isn't ready to do what he's called to do yet. Um, I feel like those kinds of things are, are thoughts that that comfort me because I know so many of my peers um and they're in marriages where perhaps they just feel like I'm not a helpmeet or I'm all alone and they have a ring, but yet they don't necessarily communicate or they want to go in two separate directions or they're not really helping one another. But at the same time, I do know many godly marriages that um, that are really blossoming for the work of the Lord and making one another better for God's work. And so I just don't want to run into a situation where I try to do something prematurely because... That is a lifelong commitment and something that if it's not right, could make so many things difficult. And I just, I honestly fear being out of God's will in that element more so than striving to try to do something on my own. So um, I, that's that's how I kind of operate in my thoughts on it. 
that, that, I've said that's awesome like six times already. I apologize. That is awesome. I mean, there's so many things that, you, that, that just that last thought. I mean, you could, that could almost go on a t shirt. Fear being, in all seriousness, fear being out of God's will more than you fear fill in the blank. Being single. You name it, whatever the case may be, and and people you know that you mentioned, they probably feared being alone so much that they went with the wrong one, and now they're in a lifetime of well, or they get divorced or something. And I like how you said a life lifelong commitment, and you you establish that going in. You great decisions are made before great decisions have to be made, and you decide that's going to be lifelong from the get go. But you're exactly right. I love that. Fear being out of God's will. There's nothing worse than that because the greatest peace, the greatest joy, happiness, the greatest company can be found in the center of God's will. And so I, I love that. I also appreciate you being, um, uh, I wouldn't even say confident enough because that, that really doesn't even factor in, but self assured, but open enough to share that because there's a lot of people that they carry that as a, you know, a skeleton in their closet as if sure. I'm not. I'm not good enough for whatever reason, but you found exactly where God has for you. And you're looking not, not it's not a cloud. It's not looking for silver lining because it's not a cloud. It's just where God has you at this time. And so I, I love the, I love the outlook on that. Um, now you have the opportunity, obviously to impact a lot of young men, a lot of young women. What, what is the, uh, the breakdown in city Baptist for the kids? It, it does every fifth grader do go into that, the, the program from the get go or do they have a choice or how, how does that work? So uh, every fifth grader gets the opportunity to go to Starbase. Uh, so we, we kind of view it as a funnel. So everybody starts here, wet your appetite. Does it work for you? Do you like it? And then as we funnel down and you get into high school, then uh, our missionaries are selected for their character. Um, we had a conversation with the administration at City Baptist Schools. And, and as we were talking, we just said, hey, I can work with somebody who is interested and willing to put in the work, um, but I can't work with somebody who is smart and doesn't care to do anything. Uh, and so these uh, app people put in their applications or their interest cards and they were selected for their character. We only selected 20, kept the class size small for the purpose of keeping a small instructor-student ratio or a low in instructor-student ratio. And, um, and we, I've heard the statistic, uh, Dr. Bob Green is a, a mentor of mine, call him Uncle Bob because we have the same last name, but he's six foot four, uh, tall white man, uh, love him to death. But I say, hey, Uncle Bob, and people know his last name and they give us weird looks, but uh, they try to figure out which one of us is adopted. Uh, <laughs> so Uncle Bob, he, uh, he tells me that less than 1% of all pilots become missionary aviators. And so recognizing that fact, if we bring through a class of 20 um, and perhaps in, in five years, six years, seven years, we have one person. Um, the program does not necessarily fall apart because there are so many elements that are designed to develop you as a well-rounded missions minded leader um, that if you want to go to missionary aviation, we are going to do our best to help you train you and prepare you. Uh, but otherwise we're still training you, preparing you and helping you just um, we can't we can't help you as much towards that specific area. So uh, we know that the opportunities are are not the opportunities, but the expectations as far as that number um, is small. But um, that's generally who we're working with: young people who are motivated 
to serve the Lord uh, and desire to to grow and are willing to put in the work. Awesome. So you have a lot going on on a daily basis, obviously. Um, now, what ministries? I, I think I feel like I, I had seen on Facebook. Do, do you get to teach a Sunday school class, or, or what, what ministries do you get to be involved in on Sunday? You know, you're in the ministry on, on the day to day basis. But um, what, what do you? What ministries do you get to be involved with on Sundays? Sure, Sunday mornings. Uh, my roommate and I. My roommate is Adri Ludwig. I mentioned her before, but she and I teach the Life Changers Adult Ladies Sunday School class. So we have about 10 to 12 ladies that we get the chance to minister to on a weekly basis, preparing lessons. Um, my roommate, uh, Adri Ludwig, I'll just call her Ludwig because it's easier. Um, people often ask why, but so maybe this is just the opportunity for the World Wide Web to understand why. So in the military, uh, they call you by your last name. And so when you earn the right to be called by your first name, then and only then are you able to be called that. So Ludwig is still here. Nah, she's being called by her last name, but uh, I kid, she's a good friend of me. Um, but that's the origin of that. So she and I get the opportunity to teach. Uh, she's a musician and so a uh, very talented songwriter, uh, pianist and music teacher, tour trainer, D all the above. She does it all, plays for First Baptist Church of Hammond, one of three. Uh, and so we... Um, we get the chance to minister to our ladies and um, just pray with them, teach them. And I developed Sunday school lessons. And when I'm at military drill, um, Ludwig will take the realm and she'll she'll do the teaching. But largely she takes care of our activities and all of the things that make Sunday school run. And I just get to get up there and share what the Lord's put on my heart. Very cool. Very cool. That you have been to in your bio that you've been to seven continents. And for those of you that are watching that listening, uh, you can find her bio. I put it in the Facebook um, description as well as the you know, YouTube channel description. So you can read that. I mentioned to her that it sounds like a bunch of spy stuff is what it sounds like to me. So, uh, but anyway, um, you've been to seven continents. So I, I've been to, let's see, two, um, technically three, I guess I've been to Israel. Um, and so I guess I get that. I get, I've been to Europe. Uh, my dad was in Germany for four years. I've been to obviously America, uh, the North America, um, but not far, farther afield than that. So you've got me beat uh, seven to three. So give us a quick uh, breakdown of how you got to all seven, especially the really cold one. Sure. So I claim Antarctica because we had this polar vortex and it was minus 40 this week so that no no uh actually so um obviously north america uh in 1999 i was in high school and i took my first trip overseas uh to japan and that was part of our japanese language training parents sent me over there for a couple weeks with the class and it was beautiful um and then after i graduated from the academy in 2005 i backpacked through europe backpacked through asia uh, for a month at a time in each, staying in hostels, that kind of thing. It was wonderful. Um, and then after Bible college, um, I I visited Ruth. Um, I love Ruth. And uh, Ruth and her family are, are missionaries in South Africa. So Ruth Myers. And so I visited them in 2015 to go to South Africa. Um, I also spent some time in the desert. So um I know that counts as, I don't know, Asia, Africa. I'm really kind of confused, but Iraq, Kuwait, Qatar, those three countries. And um, and so before I uh, came on staff at FBC Hammond between graduating um, 
graduating Golden State and coming on staff, I was a flight attendant. And so I had the opportunity to travel and I went to Australia. So I think we're at six now. And then um, I always joke, I, uh, I said, you know, in your, in your lifetime, my parents will pay for, like in the green household, my parents will pay for a lavish wedding or a trip of your choice. So I'm off to Antarctica. So <laughs> my, my parents sent me to Antarctica uh, 2017, and I was there uh, on an expedition ship. Um, and so it was an amazing time. And I think that's how I ended up across all the continents. But I love travel. I love the world. I love cultures. You know, wanted to be an ambassador and whatnot. But yeah, it's it's been amazing. I love it. Very nice. So the next time I hear insinuate that serving God is boring again, I'm just going to write the nose. Absolutely not. That's very cool. Now, I feel like there is a lot more we could talk about, but I would rather, instead of spending another hour now, I'd rather have you on again sometime in the near future, if that would be all right. And I would, I would think there's with everything you have going on with Missionary Pipeline and the different uh, ministries you get to be a part of, I'm sure there would be updates as well that, that you could have in different things. And maybe, maybe even if we could do it during a time frame, we, maybe we could possibly meet some of the young men and women that, that you get to be, that you get to influence there. But first of all, I want to say thank you so much for being with us for just a few yeah. minutes. Uh, have some folks watching on YouTube and Facebook and Periscope, Twitter and, and Twitch and all of that. And to those of you that are watching how well if, if you can tell us how could people get a little bit a better sense of uh, well you've given a, a very good idea but how could people read up a little bit more on on what you guys are doing what's the website what's what's an email address maybe i i saw the email that you sent me with uh the update how could they subscribe to that and really keep abreast of what's going on because i'm excited about it how could other people keep abreast of that yeah, I really appreciate the opportunity to be here and would welcome uh, the opportunity for you to meet our missionaries. They're great young people. Um, they love the Lord, and it's a pleasure working with them. Uh, and we have so much support here at First Baptist Church of Hammond serving here. Pastor Wilkerson, 100% on board. Our team, obviously, 100% on board. And um, it's a privilege. So we welcome the opportunity to share what we get to do because we're passionate and we're burdened. Uh, and so... We have a couple of websites, cityoutreachfoundation.com, that talks about the big picture of what we all do, kind of the short elevator speech for all of it. And then we each have our own individual sites. So missionero.org, um, M-I-S-S-I-O-N-A-E-R-O. Uh, and the name kind of comes from it. It'll help you remember it. Um, the Spanish word, I have a burden for Latin America. The Spanish word for missionary is misionero. And so that's kind of where that comes from. But then also mission, um, that's our goal. That's our desire. And then arrow, A-E-R-O, aerospace. So our goal is aerospace, but kind of a pun for Missionero, Misionero. So we're at Missionero.org. Um, and uh, if you click subscribe on the bottom, you'll enter your email address and uh, you'll get our updates automatically. Just sent one out and um, we would love to have some more interest because it's an amazing opportunity for us. And we'd love for you to know what's going on. Very cool. So, um, I think I'm going to do a, a Cliff Notes version here at the very end, just for people that maybe they just want to tune in. Things I learned. Um, you're a spy. Uh, you've been to seven continents. Um, you get to do a lot of cool stuff serving God. Um, fear being out of God's will more than anything else. Um, let's see. What else did we learn? Um, you're surrounded by 
cool people, piano players. And I, I know a, a friend of Brother Abdel Judah. He's a cool guy as well. And yeah. so um, he's awesome. Uh, let's see what else do we learn. There's a, there's a lot. If you if you're just caught the very end, wait till it ends. Go back and replay the whole thing, uh, <laughs> and you won't miss out. Yeah, spiritual giants. We talked about th- that. There you go. Yep. 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 Yeah. If you won't stand on your the giant shoulders whether they be aviation whether they be spiritual um very, that's yeah absolutely that's huge um I, i'm i'm pumped i mean it's it's what is it 10 o'clock at night here eastern time and you know just ready to go out and conquer the world it, it's awesome um so i think we do need to have you on at some point in the near future again have some other folks we're going to have on as well and um, i greatly appreciate your time being with us and explaining what, what you do um and i will i will we'll end this here in just a moment here where i think we're approaching let me see what kind of time frame we have we have 56 minutes and so we're getting close to that hour mark so i greatly appreciate you carving out that much time um for those of you that are watching uh if you would if you watched on youtube if you would subscribe because we will be bringing some more folks and of course miss jennifer ruth green back on at some point in the future we have some other folks that have already committed to be on probably about a, a seven or eight um other folks we have in the pipeline as early as probably not tomorrow but as early as monday tuesday of next week and um, so that'll be fantastic and uh, just stay updated with what we're doing and please go to city uh, city outreach foundation.com was that right Okay. Um, so, so that they can, so you can subscribe to missionero.com, uh, A-E-R-O.com to stay up to date on what God's doing with Miss Jennifer Ruth Green and, and the and the, everything that's going on there. It's, you know, we talk about the ills of our nation, but if we're not actively working to invest in the youth of our nation, then it's all complaining and it's all just noise. And so you're doing something right now to combat it and work long to the future for the Amazon and around the world. And so, and I'm sure, uh, I mean, I, I know I have some friends in Papua New Guinea um, there that I'm sure they use missionary aviation. And I'm sure you, some of your folks, some of your kids could end up there in the next five, 10 years. And so I'm excited about the possibility. So any last words, anything you want to say, or just get off your chest, anything you want to say um, to the folks that are, are listening, um, maybe just hi mom or something. Sure. I just want to say, the ministry is great. It is a privilege and honor. And uh, I get the opportunity to use all of the skills that got us prepared for me over the last 29 plus years. Uh, and so it's been a blessing. Uh, the ministry is great. That's all I can awesome. say. Hi, Mom. Love you. <laughs> Amen. Thank you so much. Stick around for just a second on the video chat. We'll talk for just a moment here. But just want to thank everyone that's watching. Listen, if you'd want, if you would um, like, comment, share, follow, just subscribe, all that stuff, that would be a help so your friends can see these awesome folks I get to talk to as well. Let's see. We'll go ahead and end it.